It's time for Around the Gridiron with your co-hosts, Marissa Voss and Brock Aker. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Around the Gridiron. I'm Marissa Voss. I'm going to be hosting this episode here with my lovely co-host, Brock Aker. How are we doing on this Wednesday? Wednesday, I'm doing pretty good here. We're getting down now, almost half the season done. But with now baseball, that finished up. So now really only football is playing right now. So all my attention now goes to the NFL. Absolutely. Well, I think if you've got to be a, you've got to be an LA fan, you are ecstatic with how, you know, these last two sports have gone. I mean, they have the Dodgers and the Lakers and they have two like world national, whatever championships. That's pretty insane. Like I know my coworker, Mary, she is like, she's wearing like a Lakers hat today and she's so excited. I couldn't imagine that because I am a Vikings fan and I have never in, um, had that kind of happiness in my life. So that's fantastic. <laughs> you know that feeling well, though. You're a Patriots fan. Yeah, well, LA needed it, too, after with Kobe Bryant and that city really were down on the dumps. So both of those LA team winning 2020 definitely uh, made it kind of even some things up, but still everyone misses Kobe and nothing will really uh, overcome that. Oh, gosh. Now, I remember the first time like we heard his passing, I was like, I was blown back. I couldn't imagine being a tr- like a true, true LA fan and going through that so we're gonna go on to this is okay this is i'm super excited about just came up with this guys today um it's a new segment that we like to call or i like to call two truths and a lie obviously everyone knows this and if you don't you're living under a rock you'd say two truths one lie and then you have to pick one out well i came up with these so brock has to pick them out and they are Football themed, one is the Vikings, one's the Patriots, and one's just like a random team, the Chiefs. So we're going to see how well Brock knows his Patriots and Vikings and everything else. So Brock, here we go. The first one, Vikings, two truths and a lie. You have to pick out the lie. Okay. First one, they are looking to get rid of Adam Thielen. Second one, the Vikings' first season was in 1961. And third, Randy Moss has a retired uniform number for the Vikings. Which one is the lie? Andy Moss on Monday Night Football, I don't know if that was getting enshrined to the Hall of Famer or is that his number getting it tied? I know that was against the Packers, I think it was last year even. Mm-hmm. Their first season was in 1961. That seems right. So I'm going to say two's right. I'm going to say the lie. The lie is they're trying to get rid of Adam Thielen. That is no, that's the truth. Damn it. They're actually looking to trade Adam Thielen right now with Harrison Smith. The lie is Randy Moss actually doesn't have a retired uniform number. He's just inducted into the um, Football Hall of Fame, but he doesn't actually have a retired number. And that is off of a stats. If anyone wants to fact check that, I found that out on the internet, which I was that really shocked stupid. by. It's so stupid because I was so shocked by that. Like, you know, you have all like the purple people eaters, you know, Tarkenton and Alan Page and Carl Eller and, you know, Chris Carter. I have all of those. I'm actually going to look that up right now and see retired Vikings. But no, I, I think thought that, he, was, he was really like, I don't understand it, to be honest. The other thing is, I think the Browns with uh, Adam, the- or not, excuse me, Obadell Beckham tearing his ACL. He has the fans who loves Thielen. 
I thought maybe Thielen going to the Browns would be a possibility, but it sounds like you said they're not trying to trade him, huh? No, and it, it's funny because that's the thing is that there's they're making so many trades right now and they're making so many things. So all these rookie players or I mean, veteran players are going to places that you would have never expected. Like people are like, you're going to trade Adam Thielen? Apparently they want to rebuild. Apparently they don't think that whatever they're looking to trade him and all these other people. I don't know. Like I said, I think they're just trying to wipe the slate. I don't know why you would get rid of Adam Thielen since I don't see him working well anywhere else. He's kind of like a Larry Fitzgerald in my book. He might always be a Viking, like like Larry will always be a Cardinal. So that's the thing that has me very befuddled. But Vikings have retired six numbers. They have 10, Fran Tarkenton. Um, they have 53, Tinglehoff. They have 70, Jim Marshall. Um, 77, Corey Stringer. 80, obviously Chris Carter and 88, Alan Page. So those are the ones that are actually retired. And it's kind of shocking to me that they don't have Randy Moss um, retired just because he did so much for that program and he's still doing so much for that program. I think if there's anyone to be retired next, it's going to be him for sure. Yeah, I so definitely see it. We are going to go on to the Patriots now. Brock, I'm going to test this out and see which ones you know. So we have, they were founded as the Massachusetts Massachusetts Patriots um, in 1970, a fire broke out in the stands and Tom Brady could have played pro baseball. Which one is the lie? Well, I know Tom Brady could have played pro baseball. So that's a true a fire broke out in the 1970s. I wasn't even, that's like 50 years ago. I'm like 20. You have to uh, know these things, Brock. Massachusetts Patriots. I feel like the fire breaking out has to be true. Otherwise, that used to be random. So I'm going to say the lie is they're founded as the Massachusetts Patriots. Beautiful. Good job, Brock. They were actually founded as the Boston Patriots. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I had to make that one a little bit easy. I couldn't give you all hard ones. But, yeah, I was actually super surprised to find out that a fire did break out in the stands. There was also another one that said they had toilet issues. So once, like, one in the stadium – so they would have games where it just smelled like poop everywhere the entire game. Well, it makes sense, too, that uh, back in the 70s, the Patriots are nobody until Bill Belichick. So <laughs> they're pretty much the Eagles before the Eagles yep. won a Super Bowl. Their fan base probably was just all pissed off at the world. So, Yes, perfect. So let's go on to the last one, the Chiefs. This one's going to be a little bit harder, but I want to see if you can do this. So the team originally played in Dallas and was known as the Texans. First season was in 1959, and they played in the first ever Super Bowl. Which one is the? Last? I know they played. Yeah, I know they played in the first Super Bowl and lost to the Packers. 1959, or the team originally played in Dallas. Okay, I'm gonna say again. I'm just doing the multiple choice. I feel like the odd one is the Dallas playing the Texans. I don't think that would have come up without like it being true. So I'm going to say the lie is their first season was in 1959. Good job. It was in 1959. Let's go. Two out of three. Let's go. That's you're good at multiple choice, man. That was impressive. I'm not going to lie. The hardest one is, was the Viking one. I had to make that, make that a little bit hard, but (laughs) Brock, you went a Miller 64s. Congratulations. Well, what happened to the, I got dinged when I got the Vikings one wrong. Where's like the clap. Applause or whatever when the Pats and Chiefs were correct. 
Woo, right. let's go, Brock. There we All go. Right. You happy now? <laughs> yeah. So that'll suffice. That'll suffice. So I thought, and then we're going to do actually another new segment, just a little did you know? I was scrolling through TikTok as I am because I'm addicted, you guys. And I was looking at um, Christian Wilkins from the Miami Dolphins is a huge, huge Hamilton fan. And I'm a huge Hamilton fan. I had no idea. So one day during practice, he apparently he was singing like Hamilton. And they actually surprised him with via Zoom with one of the main characters from Hamilton. So that's a kind of a weird thing. You wouldn't expect like a big girly guy to just love musicals, but apparently he does. I haven't seen Hamilton. I heard of it. It's good. Uh, I heard that it was supposed to be rate, like it was rated R uh, right away, but they had to cut out like, so many f-bombs down to like one so it went to pg-13 so disney plus could air it so it sounds like even though it's uh i guess i don't even i don't even know what it sounds like because i haven't even watched it so i guess i should just stop right there so it's so good it's like history uh, because it's the life of alexander hamilton who was a founding father he's on the ten dollar bill and it's so good it's just about his life and you know everything and it actually is like I've learned so much from it. There was so much that I didn't know because like history, it's like whatever, but it made history fun. That's why it's so, was so revolutionary because it actually combined rap with um, history. So they rap almost like everything. They still sing, but they rap a lot of it, which you don't see in musicals. It's the first to ever do it. So that was why everyone loves it. Mainly like it makes sense, but it's, it's really cool. So we got another, did you know fact? Did you actually know, I didn't know this, that Reggie Bush and Alex Smith were on the, uh, were high school teammates. They played at Helix Charter High School. Do you know that? I didn't know that. I knew uh, Alex Smith played for Urban Meyer at Utah and Reggie Bush played at USC for Pete Carroll. But I didn't, so I knew they didn't play on the same college team, but I didn't know they were ever connected, no. Yeah, well, and imagine going to like play them. You're just like Friday Night Lights, whatever, and you go to this and you're playing Reggie Bush and Alex Smith. Like, I would be horrified. I would be horrified. Well, again, Alex Smith is an athlete. Like, he went to Utah and he could have run the football too. And obviously, Reggie Bush, a Heisman trophy, even though they took it away from him. Those Mm -hmm. two, like the read option, that unstoppable in high school, definitely. I couldn't even imagine. We also have um, Michael Vip was drafted by the Colorado Rockies, another football player that was drafted or could have gone pl- played pro baseball, which makes me wonder if pro baseball is like not less than, but like at the same time, like not as, you know, up depth because it seems like a lot of football players can play on ba- professional baseball, but not a lot of professional baseball players can play football. You know what I'm saying? Is that like, is yeah, that like- I think uh, with the baseball, you almost have to decide you're going to play it right away because you can sign out of high school and you can start making money. Most of the time, if you can, if you're play football and baseball in college, you tend to go over to football because you're probably going to make more right away then because you're going to get drafted and sign veteran minimum for 500,000. While if you do baseball, you sign the finally that minor league contract, which is way less at the time. But if you want to, play baseball though you have the opportunity to play minor leagues right out of high school if you want though so that's why some usually they do it right away if they want to end up playing baseball at least that's what I think okay interesting well this one this one was my favorite because it's a track one and you know that Odell Beckham Odell Beckham Jr.'s mom is actually a better athlete than him 
She was a superstar at Louisiana State track and field team. She was a six-time NCAA All-American and his mother constantly critiques like his form. Like, and there was one time Odell challenged her to a 40 yard dash like showdown because she kept like critiquing him and be like, you need to move this, you need to do this. So his mom's actually the better athlete in the family. And his dad, I think played at Louisiana State University too. So he comes from two stellar athletes. Yeah, they said that McCaffrey's mom too is the best athlete from that household. I don't know uh, what, I guess if your mom's a sprinter, you have a good chance, I guess, of being an athlete because both of them, that doesn't surprise me. I guess I wish my mom ran a little more. Maybe I would have been more athletic. <laughs> yeah, my dad was, um, my dad was actually a track and field person. My mom was not, my mom's not athletic. But my dad was actually a really, really good track and field person. So maybe that's why I'm a good athlete. At least I like to think that. Well, my mom was a basketball player, but oh, sick. Not, okay. I don't think she played track. So that's why I got tall. But my ath- I don't have the athleticism that I wish okay. I had. Track is super demanding. And like the fact of it has to, you have to have a lot of athleticism to do. I'm not saying it just because I'm in it. I'm actually like, you see like, you know, Tyreek Hill and all these other people who are really fast and like, some of the best athletes like think about that if you're running track you're literally training your body if you're um professional or not to run around a track three or four times at a top speed or you know whatever it's ridiculous so i'm gonna just do one more i have a couple more picked up but this one i'm gonna do one more and um it's brandon marshall did you know he actually suffers from borderline personality disorder i had no idea yeah Uh, he was good with the broncos i don't know is he still in the league I don't think so. I think he's out, but I'm not entirely sure. Cause these are like a little bit older ones, but I thought that would be more fun. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if he's still in the league or not. I'm going to look that up. Fat checking. Well, I hope. Well, I, I know he was at the Raiders, but I hope that uh, he still gets the help he needs with that disorder. Cause I know once you're, you're in the NFL, they have so many, there's usually a sports psychologist or someone like mental health just a doctor that just focuses on that on professional teams. Now I know they do that in baseball. So you kind of hope that if he's out of the league, he still has someone uh, to go to, to help that because mental health obviously is a, the real deal. Yeah. And that's definitely like borderline health, like personality disorder to have him do that with football and still be good. Like that's a really difficult mental health um, kind of thing. So to have him do that, that's like, I read that and I was like, Holy crap, that's amazing. We're also going to talk about something else that's amazing. The Packers and the Vikings game. It's that time of the year. It's the second time. We'll try to get our redemption, even though actually it's at Lambeau, isn't it? So we probably won't get our redemption. It's fine. But that's one of the big time divisional matchups. And then there's a couple others that obviously we're going to talk about. But let's dive into this game. I am not expecting much because I can't expect much from them right now you have the Packers that are doing so 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 good on on a lot of aspects they did get tripped up by they get tripped up by the Bucks they got tripped up by the Bucks but other than that and you have the Vikings coming off of a bye with Dalvin Cook again and Jefferson and Adam Thielen but at the same time we're losing all of these defensive players we're looking to trade a lot of our veterans we've traded in Gakway and um there's also another one that said you know one league GM tried trading for a tight end 
Irv Smith earlier this year, but the Vikings tried to push them to trade for tight end Kyle Rudolph instead. A lot of trades going down to the Vikings. If you're a fan, keep up with that and see what they're going to do because there's going to be a lot of things happening in this season because they're just desperate and they need to get on the ball or need something to roll. But I don't expect much from this game. Do you? No, the only thing I do hope is, for goodness sakes, if you're playing the Packers, especially without Aaron Jones, he didn't practice again. Stop Devontae Adams. That just made me sick last week. The Texans, literally, the only player that's very skilled that Rodgers had with Jones out is Devontae Adams, and they just single-carded Devontae the whole day. Ended up with, like, 16 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. If the Vikings just double-team them or double-team Devontae Adams, they'll at least have a 2% chance. Yeah, it's – it's so hard because this team is struggling to find their identity in a time where they don't know. And we're having so many, you know, we, you know, there's been rumblings in of the veterans being like, I want out, I can't do this anymore. Or, you know, young people like on this team, it's so frustrating. And then to go against the Packers at Lambeau, but yet the Aaron Jones thing, that's going to be a big plus for them if they can try to do that. But it's still, it's still the Packers and you still have to try to beat them in their place. Another team that um, is struggling right now to find their identity and my personal opinion, sorry, Brock, the Patriots. The Patriots are trying to find who they are. And I would say the same even thing about the Bills, but even more the Patriots because they had a, they, they were so bad last week. They were, they were, they were not good. As a Patriots fan, how did you feel watching them go through that and have cam newton play like dog crap like how how do you feel well i think the defense finally got fed up with the offense uh not putting up points so uh they kind of didn't put up much effort josh wilson or jeff wilson excuse me for the niners had three touchdowns ran all over us hasty an up-and-coming running back for the niners came in too after wilson got hurt and ran on us i don't expect our defense to play like that again unless the offense really doesn't do their part. Cam Newton needs to step up here this week against the Bills. This is a must-win game for Buffalo. However, everyone in media has given up on the Patriots, and each time that's happened in the past, the next week the media has to apologize, and they're like, oh, the Patriots are back. Why did we ever question? If the Patriots won this game, they're only a game and a half out You get behind the Bills. Uh, I still don't trust Tua that much and the Bills already play the Jets twice they have a very tough schedule the Patriots still have a tough schedule but they get the Jets twice still so I think whoever wins this game will win the division yeah so I'm not giving up hope yet on the Pats I think they win this game and they still win the division but that might be I I'm usually I'm I go against I'm one of those fans that tries not to expect much so then when they lose, it's bad, and when they win, you're just that much happier. But I just don't trust the Bills' offense that is all pass-heavy against our secondary, and I think our run defense will try to step it up this week. And we match up well offensively. We don't have weapons. Bills' secondary, great. We run the football. The Bills' front seven struggled. You saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire get about 200 yards rushing against them two weeks ago. They really are just not, like you said, finding their identity in that front seven. I think Damian Harris – James White, Cam Newton could run over 100 yards this week. I want to see him run more designed runs like we saw in week one beating the Dolphins. 
Yeah, absolutely. So going on to the next game, talking about a guy who can run the ball, but we haven't seen much of that this year, Ezekiel Elliott. And then we are going against Carson Wentz and the Eagles. This is a dumpster fire game, but this game is also a foreshadowing game. Kind of like we just talked about with the Patriots, whoever maybe wins that game, wins the division. Same thing goes for the Cowboys and Eagles. I think whoever wins this game wins the division. That's just how it is. But again, they both teams only have two wins. And it's not that great, but it could be a big win for the division because you're getting in steamrolling and going. And if you, you know, you can beat this top, the top team, you can beat them again and again and again. Um, Personally, this game just is like, like, I, I don't even want to watch this. Isn't even, is this a Sunday night game? Isn't this? Yeah, it's Sunday night football. That's dog shit. I got to watch that. So upset so bad it's so bad I just and so for me I think with Andy Dalton getting injured and Dak Prescott getting injured who do they have who do the Cowboys have as their third string quarterback they put in like this Dushinsky I don't know how to say his last name honestly he wasn't good they did sign Cooper Rush who's been a backup for them in years past today I don't know if he'll be in time to start that game yeah I don't I think this game's a must-win for the Eagles. To be mm-hmm. perfectly clear, because if they lose this game, that's pretty bad at home against a quarterback that's third-string uh, offensive line that's struggling. If the Eagles win, I'm still not going to count out the Cowboys quite yet, just because I think it'd be smart for them to trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick, because I think they are invested in Dak Prescott, so I wouldn't trade for Kirk Cousins or a quarterback like Sam Darnold that has a couple of years left on their contract because I don't think they're going to want to use them next year. But I think if they get Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe an offensive lineman, they're right back in this race and still could win the division. But I do not expect them to win at all this Sunday night. No, I don't either. I think that, you know, there is no central player, a team, I, there is no I in team. You know, it's that's the saying. But the quarterback is one of the most focal parts points of the offense because who throws the ball who hands the ball who runs the ball who's the playmaker the quarterback when you don't have that central piece in the offense it goes crazy you can't have Zeke run in the QB position you can't you have to have someone there and when you lose your first you know your first string and then you lose your backup and you got to go to your backup 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 like that's fucking ridiculous I couldn't even it's like Kirk going down man and manning and manning none M-A-N-N-I-O-N. I don't know how you say that. Sean going down. Who do we have left for the Vikings? I don't even fucking know. I Honestly, I don't even know who our third string is. That's bad. But it's kind of like that situation. And um, and if you're going against a healthy Carson Wentz, there's no way that they can win that game. Exactly like you said, there's no way they can put in someone who they, you know, draft or pick up and then have them ready by Sunday. It's just not feasibly possible. So I'm going all in on the Eagles. Unfortunately, I don't want them to go all in because um, then, you know, we have to stand by our bet. And I really, really, really don't want to wear a Carson Wentz jersey, but I will make it look good. So it's fine. As I look, make everything look good, Brock. So we're talking yeah, damn straight. And we're talking about a t- another team that makes everything look good. Actually, two teams that make everything look good, but especially the Steelers right now. They're making this look good and easy. They are the only undefeated team in the entire NFL right now, and they are loving it. They're doing so good, and it's standing by, you know, your bet of having them win their division. 
But do you think that this is going to be the time the Ravens are going to be the ones who give them their first loss of the season? Because these teams are looking really good. Obviously, we know all the components. We've got Big Ben. We've got Juju. And then on the other side, we have Lamar Jackson and Dobbins. We have J.K. Dobbins. He hasn't been doing much, which is really, really upsetting to me that he hasn't. I'm like sad about that. But are you looking for the Ravens to pull a big upset or are you looking for the Steelers to be solid as always? The Raven, I think the Ravens won this game. They're coming off a bye. They're actually, the Ravens are actually favored in this game, which is kind of surprising with how uh, the Steelers been dominant just because they're home. I think that's why they're giving the Ravens favor numbers when if you bet, but I, I just think John Harbaugh is very good at coming off a bye and winning games. And they've got two weeks now to prepare for the Steelers. Mark Ingram's out for the uh, the game most likely to practice this week. So I think J.K. Dobbins could actually finally have his full coming out party. Yes, he's going to see some carries to um, what Gus Edwards. But I don't see Gus Edwards as a guy that's going to split time with him. I think he's just going to take about six carries. Six to nine carries like he has been, and then Dobbins will get 15 to 16 carries. And I, I'm excited that game's going at the same time as the Bills and Patriots. It sucks. I wish that would switch around with the Eagles and Cowboys so I could watch it fully. Uh, but it should be a good game for any Steelers or Ravens fans or whoever. Uh, their team's not going, so they get to watch that great game. So we're talking about this now for me and my – um. My fantasy, I've got two big players out, but do you think this is the game where you put J.K. Dobbins in? He's only predicted 4.15 points, but you think you put him in and he's going to have a really good game, right? Is that what you're thinking? Well, it depends on your options, but, yeah, if Mark Ingram is out, J.K. Dobbins definitely enters uh, the flex conversation. And with, if you have a lot of people on the bye, uh, he could be an RB2 this week, definitely. Absolutely. So – we're going to go on to another game, which is was really fun to watch me. And hopefully the, these people have another maybe breakout moment. I think Jarek McKinnon could have a really good game with this crumbling, crumbling Seahawks defense. I'm looking for him since last week. He had 0.1 negative points, but they the 49ers blew out the Patriots. I was so pissed. It's like, how do you not have this man go off? But yet their entire team goes off. My, my fantasy did did definitely crumble without him, which I was very, very sad. So we're going to talk about this DK Metcalf. If I am the, you know, if I'm the Cardinals, like guy who got the interception and I'm going for a pick six, it's like hit me. And then DK Metcalf is the Sunday scaries when I drink too much on Saturday and I'm hungover. They're just chasing me down. Like I know I'm going to be hung on Sunday and they're just chasing me down and tackling me. That that play was electric. He, I didn't know how I didn't know how big DK Metcalf was. And fast. That boy is like built. He's a big boy. And he was just trucking. Did you like how I, I was I remember watching that and I was like. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be the play that ended up the, the demise of the Cardinals that night because they got tackled in there at their nine yard line. And then they went for it on fourth down at the one, that same possession. They didn't get anything out of it. Uh, they somehow rallied and came back with that incredible win. But yeah, DK, no, he's big, strong, fast. I think we talked about last episode. The only reason why he dropped was 
his cone test at the combine, but no, I think he's like six foot four and he ran a sub four, four, uh, definitely a great athlete. He, a lot of people forget maybe uh, what happened against the Cowboys week three, where he caught that touchdown and he let up at the one yard line and Trevion Diggs uh, punched the football out and it's cost his team a touchdown. So I think that's a makeup for him. I think I'm not giving DK like he's the total team player quite yet. That was a heck of a team play. Uh, but I do think that's a makeup from week three. Yeah, I, for, I well, I saw a clip of that and I totally forgot that that happened. If you're a DK and if you're honestly a receiver, so this is the policy that I've always had with track when I ran. Um, I would I tell this to kids who I coach. I tell this to any sprinter, right? Um, you know, when you're running a race and you're going and you're running and you're like first place, okay, let's say you're in first place and you're coming around the first curve or you're in the middle of a 100, whatever it is, your natural reflex is to look, is to look to see who's behind you, you know, and you're like, oh, I got this. But once you look, you lose like half a second of a point in track. That's everything. That's everything. That's a, the difference between getting second and third or fourth and fifth. Like that is a no-go. So when you are, you know, a Cardinals player or anyone, or, you know, DK, you have to run until you get and you cross that line. In football, you do have to look a little bit to who's behind you and who's in front of you. And I think that was a big moment where I was like, DK, you can't let that happen. Doesn't matter if you think you're in the end zone or you think you've got the ball or you think it's an easy touchdown, you know, and you see it time and time again, like with Justin Jefferson, he walked into the end zone. I don't like that with wide receivers because it's like, oh yeah, I got this. I'm walking in. Well, you don't know who's behind you. You know, you don't know what speed. You don't know who's there. You got to check your surroundings a little bit, but go for it, truck it, get in the end zone and call it good. And that one was a big one for DK. Let's talk about two guys who these, oh, I was so upset because I lost my fantasy by like two or three points. And it was because Murray went off, but so did, um, so did Wilson. I think this is this is my opinion, and I don't know if you can tell me I'm wrong, but I just have a gut feeling about this. I think Kyler Murray is in the makings of becoming uh, Russell Wilson quarterback. I think those two have a lot of similarities. I think it showed up in the matchup, and I think you give him a couple more years, and he's going to look like Russell Wilson and maybe even have a better running game than Russell Wilson. Yeah, they're both uh, former baseball players. We talked about that a little bit early or last week's episode when we talked about baseball players uh, in this episode already that are football players. I think that really helps them from the aspect of they know how to slide and they definitely use that to their advantage. A lot of people thought Kyler is too small and he'd take hits and get hurt, but he, like Russell Wilson, is very smart of getting yards, but then not getting too much where you get yourself opportunity of getting hit and getting hurt. So I think definitely Kyler Murray is doing the right thing with the sliding, looking after Russell Wilson, because he's only your best ability is your availability. He's obviously a hell of a talent, but it's important for him to stay healthy because we talked about the Cowboys injuries with their quarterbacks. If he goes down, the Cardinals are back to square one. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And do, would you another one with this? I have a lot to say about the Seahawks because I think that they're kind of like the Vikings, but not in there they have a loaded offense but their defense sucks and that's what's going to keep them from the Super Bowl I really I really do believe that because what lost them that game is honestly their defense they they did a lot with 
they had obviously Russell Wilson had a couple interceptions and there was a lot of things that went down in that game that wasn't good, but their defense was just horrendous. They can't hold a team. They build a lead, but then the best, you know, offense is a good defense and they just don't have that. And I think that's, what's going to stop them from getting to the big stage. Yeah. They haven't had Jamal Adams. They traded for him. He's been out, which has hurt uh, them, but even against the Patriots, he was there and the Patriots, Cam Newton, uh, who looks awful right now. People want to bench him for Stidham. He threw like 400 yards and three touchdowns against that secondary, even with Jamal Adams. So even when they get that back, I agree it's going to still be a problem. They did trade today, this morning, for Carlos Dunlap, a defensive end from the Bengals. He was good like five years ago. I wonder if he's got anything left in the tank. So that'll be interesting. But I, I don't expect that's the last trade the Seahawks do for some defenders, uh, maybe a linebacking core. Uh, they got KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, but someone to plug up the middle because the running game has been a problem as well. Everything is just kind of crumbling right now in Seattle. And you just can't, especially against the Buccaneers, good defense. The Saints struggling defense, but they have a decent enough defense to stop Russell a couple times. You saw the Cardinals get a couple stops uh, against Seattle, even though they gave up 34 points. It's very hard, no matter how good Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf is, is to score each and every time. And that's about what they have to do right now because their defense is giving it right back. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be talking about two now next. Another team that I think, you know, defense, offense, they may be struggling a little bit to find who they are and everything else. And this is going to be a huge testament to see if they're going to eat their shit when they benched um, Fitzpatrick. Tua is making his debut versus Jared Goff and Sean McVay and the Rams. And um, this is a big one for me because I want to see how he does. I want to see if this is anything. You know, you and I have had this discussion where we're like, why'd they do that? Well, they knew they were going to do that. Do they have that much faith in Tua? I mean, maybe. Do you, I'm, I, personally, personally, I think I go by the mentality, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen against the Rams because the Rams aren't horrible. They're not great. They're not a Vikings. They're not a New York Jets. But I wonder how this is going to plan out. And I wonder how their whole mentality at the Miami is going to be with Tua as their quarterback. What are you looking for in this game? I'm looking for them to hopefully protect Tua and keep them upright. We saw Nick Foles get hit a ton Monday night. You got Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. The Rams defense is back. Last year they kind of struggled, but Jalen Ramsey, uh, they have their second cornerback stepping up too. Uh, so the secondary is good. Aaron Donald obviously is the best defender in the NFL. I think it's a tough matchup for him to make his debut after this. I, I explained last episode, the schedule gets much easier, much easier defenses to go against. The thing that he's got working for him is the Rams just played Monday night. And now they have to go across country and play in a short week. However, I've been picking against the Rams when they played the Eagles and the Redskins because they played cross country. Uh, it doesn't seem to stop Sean McVay and Jared Goff. So I, I'm still going to take the Rams in this game. I think you have to be a little bit like, um, not pessimistic, be like, 
you know, like the Vikings, like Vikings fans that have that mentality of, oh, they, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win. It's like, no, they're not. They, they, they won't win. You know what I mean? And I think Miami Dolphins are kind of the same way. We're like, oh, they'll win. They'll win. I'm a realist. I really do think that the Rams will win this one as well, just to see where they're like everything. And aren't they at the Rams? Aren't they at the, you know, aren't they? It's in Miami, actually. It's in Miami. So that might be a big though, um, component that we need to look into because yes, being at home being away isn't everything but it does have something to do with it to be in your own place and know the field you're at know what works and what doesn't and it's got that kind of home away mentality and that might be a turning point and it might help but I don't think by much and I still think that you know the Rams have that on them they have that what's the word I'm looking for veteran mentality they kind of have that where Tua is very young and he doesn't know much because again, like in his debut, starting quarterback, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure riding on his shoulders. And let's see how he does, because when you go down with an injury that bad, it's hard to come back. It's hard to have that swagger. So we're going to see. And obviously he said he made, he went in and made his debut debut of just not even starting, but against the New York Jets. So I'm very excited to see how this game is played out, but I don't have much faith in Tua, maybe, maybe I bite my tongue. Maybe that won't happen. We're going to talk about another one that bite the tongue a little bit, I guess. Not really, but big upset for the Lions. Big, but not. I think a lot of people were like, the Falcons are going to win this just because it's the Lions, but the Lions do have a better record. And um, one by one, what a game. That was, I mean, again, the Falcons are the Falcons and they blow a lead and they can't do it and it's it's how it is all the time but I think Matt Stafford had a really good game and I think that this was this was a good one to pick and who didn't even we had we had um Swift how did he do in this game oh I didn't watch a lot of it because I was working unfortunately but how did Swift come out in this game he scored a touchdown right away he kind of got stopped a lot after that, the Falcons actually did a good job containing them. The Lions actually looked like they wanted to run the football, uh, but the Falcons were making Matt Stafford try to beat him, and it worked for most of the time, I think. Swift only had 27 yards rushing and, like, 27 yards uh, receiving. So not a lot of yardage, but he did get in the end zone. He led the team in snaps, which looks good for his rest of the season outlook. However, they do play against the Indianapolis Colts, one of the best run defenses with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. Uh, so if you have Swift, I would try to bench him this week. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of bias, so some people will still have to play him. And he still has upside no matter who he plays, but the floor is going to be really low this week against the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. Do you Who do you have winning this game because we have Lions and Colts? It's kind of comparable to, like, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Not as bad, but it's a game where you're like, Two teams, not that great of records, going against each other. You have Phillip Rivers. You know my take on Phillip Rivers and the Colts. But at the same time, I would I would kind of want them to get that four and three and work their way up. Maybe become a little thorn in the side. Maybe do something because the Bears aren't doing that good right now. Bears are Bears. So I would like to see the Lions win this game. Who do you have in your corner? I'm going to actually take the, the Colts. Yes, it's in the Motor City in Detroit. Colts coming off a bye. I think they get 
Jonathan Taylor going this game. Hopefully, finally, he has his breakout game. But I think Phillip Rivers might have a little bit of momentum coming into the game after this nice comeback against the Bengals. This is a tough one to pick, but I will at the end of the day. I do think Phillip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor get it done against the Colts or against the Lions. I'll take the we got one-on-one. One-on-one. Let's see who wins this game. Brock or I? I don't know, man. Pretty good at picking them. Brock isn't, but maybe I'm maybe yeah, I'm I won last downhill. week. I know. Maybe I'm going downhill. Maybe I'm just losing my touch. Honestly, I might be. We're going to talk about a team that is losing their touch, and I am not surprised. The Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are who we thought they were. They always were. And they showed that against L.A. L.A. just made them look like idiots. I didn't know they were 5-2. and two. I thought they were had a way worse record than they do. So that's not bad at all then. That was, a, that was a really good game then, but I just thought that Nick Foles fumbled and didn't do good. Um, another take, actually, we're going to look back on that at the Rams. How do you – I want to know this from your take. What do you think about Jared Goff? I think he's a above average quarterback, but not much above average. I think he's definitely a nice to have Sean McVay in your corner, obviously one of the best uh, offensive minds in the game. But I do think Jared Goff is good at times. He can be really accurate. Sometimes, like against the Niners, he's just a little bit off, especially when you get in his face and uh, blitz him. I feel like he struggles a bit. But once you get that run game going, the Rams are the best off of play action. Jared Goff is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. You know what always freaks me out is, isn't it, aren't they L.A. Chargers too? Yeah, they're both L.A. and I am. They have the same colors. They've got both from LA it gets me tripped up every single time. Cause I still think of the San Diego superchargers and I'm like, no, that's not right. And the same thing we talk about when we like, you know, Washington Redskins, we're like, no, it's the Washington football team. There are certain things like that where I'm just like, I cannot get my mind around this, but no, not the chargers, the LA Rams, Jerry Goff. I think, yeah, him coming off of this game. That's huge. This is a big win for them. And they're not out of it. They're five and two. I mean, that's a good record right now. Having five wins, for LA. I think the Bears, though, they're going on the downhill slope. I I don't have a lot of faith in them because they are who they are and they are who they always have been. And Nick Foles is Nick Foles. And I think that they stunned a lot of people when they started doing good. And then they were at one point first in the NFC North. But this just shows that you can't fix who you are as much plastic surgery or makeup or anything you want to do, you are who you are. And I think that's what's going to struggle with them. Who are who are the um, Bears playing this next week for week eight? They play the game of the week on Fox at 325 against the Saints. So that's, that's definitely a tough matchup. Drew Brees, him coming up. And Michael Thomas doesn't play this game, does he? Is he still inactive? Or is he, he didn't gonna... practice today. It sounds like he probably will be out another week. Who but Allen know? Robinson also for the Bears is in the concussion protocol, and he's their only real weapon. Uh, the Bears, they're not going to win many games if their offense can't score more than 20 points. The defense is good, uh, but the Bears do have to still score 20 points to win. And you're just not confident every week that they're going to be able to do that. And now against the Saints, even without Michael Thomas, 
Uh, Drew Brees is good. Hopefully they get Emmanuel Sanders back. They've still got Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. You got to remember the Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints last year winning the Soldier Field and whatnot. Now this time they do have their quarterback. I see that as a blowout. I think the Saints win and the Bears might be starting Mitch Trubisky next week. Yeah, I think they were a little too premature. Well, you're working with, you know, crap and then a little bit above crap, right? Like Mitchell Trubisky is not good, but Nick Foles is just better. But we've seen what he's been doing. And if Nick goes down, you've got to change something. This is football. You can't be like the Vikings and go, hey, we suck, but we're going to continue to suck with Kirk Cousins. Like that's not the mentality you want for a football team. And I think that if that happens, changes have to be made. And QB1, QB2 rotating back and forth wouldn't be a bad thing for the Bears. We're going to talk, I'm going to get a little bit of a surprise question, but what was your biggest upsets or surprise surprises for week seven? What was ones where you were like, I did not expect that. For me, it was the Cardinals. I did not expect the Cardinals to come out and win that game. As much as the defense was crumbling for Seahawks, I still thought they were going to pull out like every other game they have been with their offense. But I thought that that was a big one when they had almost had that pick six and then Kyler Murray having an absolute dominant game. What was there? And even Hopkins really showing up. What was one of the biggest ones you had for week seven? What I was surprised at was the Bills, actually. They won 18 to 10, uh, but they're all field goals. Josh Allen didn't get any touchdowns against the New York Jets. I think that's kind of a glaring problem. That's why I'm still kind of uh, – confident not, I wouldn't say confident the Patriots are going to win but think they're going to win but that's all they're surprised too is I did not expect the Patriots to get their ass beat by the Niners 33 to 6. I wasn't surprised if we would have lost that game um, but I'm I was surprised by the effort our defense played with just wasn't there from the first snap of the game to the offense again just not doing anything so that that AFC East us uh, it shouldn't surprise us as it's one of the worst defenses or worst divisions of football, it seems like, year after year. But it just seems like it's not getting any better. Even after these 20 years, it's always been the Patriots. And right now, the Bills are still giving the Patriots, I feel like, a chance. Absolutely. So we're going to go to now Brock's favorite segment of the, the episode, I think. But he loves this. He thrives in this. We're going to go, would you rather? And we're going to split it up. QBs, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. So I'm going to go and I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Can't talk today, obviously. Or Justin Herbert. Um, You place these two back to back, especially with fantasy points. This one's a little bit hard for me, but I think you have to look at who they're playing. You have Justin Herbert since they're playing the De- Denver Broncos. And then you have Joe Burrow playing the Tennessee Titans. This is going to be a hard game for Joe Burrow because you have the Tennessee Titans and they are so good right now, their defense, their offense. And with Justin playing the Denver Broncos and them not being that good of a team, I probably would say to go with Justin Herbert in this game. And if you have him, start him. What are your takes on this? Justin Herbert going against the Denver Broncos, You that – it's kind of actually a tough matchup. The Broncos are kind of decent. Justin Herbert's just been going up bonkers these past few weeks that he's played. He's gotten four touchdowns against the Jaguars, three touchdowns against the Saints, three touchdowns against the Buccaneers. 
and then he's throwing for a lot of yardage too. Only he and Mahomes have thrown over 250 yards in their first five games each. So that's very tough to sit Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow playing against the Tennessee Titans, who's actually given up some points to Ben Roethlisberger and Deshaun Watson the last couple of weeks. However, I think I just I can't sit Justin Herbert right now. So if you have to make the decision between these two, I would stick with Justin Herbert as he's just having an incredible run right now. Absolutely. We're going to talk about two other two other QBs who are having pretty good runs right now. I think pretty solid. We got Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. Um, for me this week, who I would go with is Derek Carr, just because Baker is so inconsistent at times, but he has shown that he is that Baker Mayfield that we have seen when he played in college. He is the guy who is making more strides to becoming who he is and who he was. And it was really hard for him to figure that out in the first couple of years. But I think that he's doing really good right now, but I still don't put him up against Derek Carr. That's, that's me. Who do you have? I'm going to take Baker this week. He's coming off five touchdown game this past week. Brady scored five touchdowns against the Raiders. I think this is going to be kind of a shootout, but I don't know. Baker just, I feel like gives you more upside. I think Josh Jacobs bounces back this week. So I think the touchdowns for the Raiders might be on the ground. This is obviously an ugly situation, but there's a lot of teams on the bio, especially if you're like a Kyler Murray owner. These two are probably on the waiver wire. I would probably lean towards Baker this week. All right. So now we're going to switch over to the running backs. We got Josh Jacobs or Kareem Hunt. For me personally, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. And what do we have from our top tier fantasy analyst who you got between these two, Brock Aker? Top tier fantasy analyst. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> I I just think Josh Jacobs finally bounces back after getting what 17 yards rushing on 10 carries against the Buccaneers. Uh, Kareem Mump obviously has been great, especially with Chubb out. I it's obviously these are both starts in both leagues, but we're just picking who do we think scores the most fantasy points this week. I want to take Josh Jacobs. You can take Josh Jacobs. Okay. Talking with another one running back, Miles Gaston or Daryl Henderson. Who do you think? Who do you have? Yeah, another matchup. The Dolphins play the Rams. I think that Miles Gaston is needed to go off for the Dolphins to win. So Tua gets some pressure off him so he doesn't feel like he has to do everything but I think Aaron Donald and the Rams defense will shut down get Miles Gaskin so this is a flex question I bet a lot of people might have take Daryl Henderson Jr. going against a bad rush defense against the Dolphins I have absolutely the same thing look at me and you on the same page I don't think this has ever happened when we're talking about head-to-head would you rathers we're gonna now switch over probably to my favorite position I think I love wide receivers I love watching them make these crazy crazy plays and we're got oh my god I can't I don't even know if I can pronounce this name Travis Fulcam is that right Travis Fulgham, yeah Fulgham. no a no-namer coming into the year yeah uh, Multiple teams practice squads, I think even on the Browns practice squad. But uh, with the Eagles injuries you talked about, he's making a name for himself. And now he's an every down player for the Eagles and uh, Carson Wentz number one red zone target. So it sounds like you're pretty high on him. Would you take him in a matchup with uh, Mike Evans? This one's tough. I actually have both of these guys. I'm, I'm ended up having to start both of them because I have uh, DeAndre Hopkins on a by, but I'm sure people are very disappointed in Mike Evans having only three catches on three targets for 47 yards 
in these past two weeks combined. You don't expect that low of output. However, Chris Godwin did just break his finger. Uh, just the start of everything with Godwin. Fantasy owners, when he plays, people love him, but then he just keeps getting hurt. And with Antonio Brown uh, lurking, Godwin, that's a scary guy to own. But going back to Fulgham or Evans, since Godwin's out, I'm going to start Mike Evans over Travis Fulgham because he's the number one receiver now with Godwin out. Yep, I'm going to go the same thing. Mike Evans for the win. So we've got – Brock's giving me all these names – not Amari Cooper. We all know who Amari Cooper is, but Brandon Ayuk. Hey, you got it. That's a good. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so bad at pronouncing names. So like when, when the day comes, when I have to do highlights, I'm going to be like, oh God, I'm going to butcher this. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. But Brandon Ayuk. So I think this is a really good matchup, but I just am such a big fan of Amari Cooper. And I love what he does on the field and how he's such a big playmaker, even though he's with a struggling team right now. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper in this matchup. Who do you have? I'm taking Brandon Ayuk, the rookie, just because you talked about the matchup against Seattle. Also Debo Samuels out. I think Ayuk's the number one receiver. Uh, behind George Kittle, of course, uh, but I think he has a nice game. And Amari Cooper going against Darius Slay. Uh, Darius Slayton went against Darius Slay last week on Thursday Night Football and didn't really do anything. Darius Slay still a really good corner, and you don't know who's the quarterback for the Cowboys. This week, I'd actually start Brandon Ayuk over Amari Cooper. Wow. Woo-hoo! Big one. Big one right there. That is him. But it's not far off, though, you know. It is hard because you want to have Amari Cooper because he's so talented, but you also have the same thing if you you don't have a quarterback. So who are you going to go with? And it's like, if you don't have a good quarterback, who are they going to throw to? And that's kind of a big one, too, when you're thinking about this. Again, I will probably listen to Brock on this one because it's just he's smart and with fantasy, and I'm obviously six in the league right now, and I'm struggling on my third loss in a row. I so, love this uh, podcast so, now. Just my self-esteem just goes up. It's been a tough <laughs> week, and then I come on here, and I just get told I'm smart. I really appreciate it. My my, my uh, self-esteem now is back up. That's that's all you need, I guess. Starting your own podcast, get Marissa as your co-host, uh, and then you get some confidence. Yep. You, I'll amp you up every day. As I said, I am the best hype man, even being a girl. That's how it is. We're going to go now to our last one tight ends. We're going to go Trey Burton or Eric Ebram. Ebram? Ebram? Ebron? Ebron, yep. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron. I had him as um, – I actually have him on my fantasy. And for a tight end, he got – I had him on the bench, which I shouldn't have done because if I would have put him in, he would have won the game for me, which is always how fantasy works. You guys know it's such a frustrating game because you put people in and they – you know, whatever else. I actually – this is so bad. I need to make some changes on my bench. I've got one, two, three, four, four. I've got total team, total players. One, two, three, four, five, six, who are all questionable. All of the cues on them. It's so horrible. I don't even know, but Eric is one of them that he does have a questionable mark on it. And I never know if that's completely accurate because, you know, they do play, but he is projected to get 5.63 points. And I don't know. I mean, who, who would you pick? And even talking with me, like, I don't have Trey, but if you have Eric, which one of these would you put in your fantasy roster? I like Trey Burton and Frank Wright of the head coach for the Colts love to get tight ends involved. He's coming from obviously the, Eagles, which came from the Chiefs, where you have Kelsey and Ertz. 
Burton had a couple touchdowns right before the bye. I like him a lot. As Philip Rivers also, you know, Antonio gets that two combo has been great. Even when Hunter Henry came at the end, Rivers loves his tight end. So give me Trey Burton this week. And I like his rest of the season outlook as well. Yeah, I, was, I said the same thing because, um, like I said, I got to make some changes. I didn't – it's hard with tight ends because, obviously, you know that they aren't going to get what the running backs do or the wide receivers do. They're not going to get that much traction. But he isn't a solid pick from week to week. I put him in my wa- roster one week, and he doesn't do that great. I put him in on the bench, and he does good. It's just how fantasy works. But I would do even trade burden. I'm not going to put him in my lineup. I'm just not 100% on him and how he works. Even if I have Henry for the Chargers and I have him in my lineup right now as a tight end versus anything else. And that is our best would you rathers. So this week, now we're going to go to another one that Brock really loves is a lock and upset for week eight. I'm going to have Brock go first. Who do you have for your lock and upset? Yeah, the, I had the Bucks as a lock last week and I finally got a correct game pick. So I'm going to go back to the well and I'm going to have them as my lock. And my upset is going to be the Broncos upsetting Justin Herbert. They're at home. I think Melvin Gordon revenge game maybe helps the Broncos prevail against his old team. Yeah. So for my lock, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And then for my upset, I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins and Tua. I know I know it's back and forth. I said, I don't really trust him. I don't really know this. But at the same time, I think them being home, Tua having a little bit of chip on his shoulder saying, hey, look at me. I can do this and it's going to be a good game. That's who's I'm going to go for chiefs and dolphins. We're going to go is a really, a, a really tough one. 19 and a half point favorites. Yeah. That I one. Tough. I didn't know. I we know should, but that's okay. We've been struggling our picks. We deserve to try to get back on the right. I, ne- I need it, Brock. I literally, you know, I looked at yours and I was like, okay, I've been struggling with this lock and upset. And this one is just like a hand me. So I just, I need it. I need it. Okay. I need to have it. And if they lose, it's over. I don't even know if we can do this segment anymore. Like I'm just done. I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. We're going to go then a little bit. I added this one in late, but I want to talk about it's going off of lock and upset. Which games are you most excited to see for week eight? Definitely my Patriots and Bills. That's like I said, I think that decides the division. You're unbiased. The best football game to watch is going to be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play again, their second matchup on Thanksgiving night, which will be great as well. But anytime the biggest rivalry, I feel like in the NFL, they're 23 and 23 against each other. That's a true rivalry when it's that even, it's not one sided. So that's good. Obviously, I think best game of the week. Yeah, and you know, one that I'm I'm really looking forward to as well is we're going to look at the 49er, not the 49ers and Patriots. We're going to look at week eight, and the ones that I have is Falcons and Panthers. I'm kind of excited to see that because I just – I have this hope for the Falcons. I'm like, just do something. Like, every single game they play, it's close. And I'm just – I'm waiting to see that. I'm not excited to see my Vikings and Packers because, like, that hurts my soul. And I'm not excited to see New York Jets and Chiefs because we all know how that's going to play out. But I'm really excited to see how the Falcons do versus the Panthers. And even, like I said, Rams and Dolphins. I think we're having pretty good football right now. Chargers and Broncos are going to be looking like an, a pretty good game too as well. And I think this is going to be a really good football game. And especially though, you have some bad ones like Cowboys and Eagles, Vikings and Packers, the Jets, um, even maybe Broncos and Giants. I don't think that's going to do well, but 
Another big one I want to look forward to is Browns and Raiders. I think this is going to be a really good matchup. And like you said, we have Baker Mayfield coming off with such a big win and such a big game that that's going to be a good one too. We've got good football coming up. It's halfway through. Please cherish these moments because if once it ends, I will be um, a shell of myself. Thank goodness though, guys, this was a day maker. This was, I knew this was going to happen. Okay. I have a, I have a spy on the inside. Um, the Minnesota state Mavericks men's hockey team is back, baby. College hockey is back. Woo. Let's go. So excited. That was such a day maker. I knew they were going to come back. I already saw their, um, schedule. It's nothing too big. It's nothing too great, but that's my team. If any of you know me and if, if any of you don't, I was the ice side reporter for the Minnesota state men's hockey team and podcast host. And we've gotten the works of where I'm going to be doing some more hockey stuff, Brock. Yeah, you heard me damn straight. I'm doing more men's hockey for the Mavericks this year. Super excited. So if you um, follow me on Twitter, if you're even interested in that, because I'm going to be posting some stuff, I'm going to be doing some halftime, um, not halftime shows, but intermission shows or pregame shows. And we're also going to be talking about that a little bit of podcast as I'm going to be a backup for my good old Maverick Hockey Live podcast. But this is the number one podcast, baby. This is the one you need to listen to. The other one you can listen to in your spare time because it's me and you need to do that. But from us at Around the Gridiron Brock, any last sayings, farewells, whatever, I don't know, who's back? What do you got? Yeah, I hope uh, the hockey coming back and everything. We're getting into the winter. Hopefully COVID doesn't strike back at us. But I think you should be on a Fox kickoff tomorrow, Thursday night. I don't think anyone has, is as excited as the Falcons and Panthers game as you. Usually people – I've been complaining on it, but you should you should be the host tomorrow night. Sounds like you'd really pump that game up. Hey, I will pump anything up. I am the best hype man as a woman. You need me on your roster to just get your self-esteem up, get you through a hard breakup, get you through, I don't know, eating a sandwich or something. I'll back you up. I'll be in your corner every single time. Just like you should be in our corner for this. Please listen to our podcast. I want this to get going. We've been looking at numbers lately and trying to figure out what we can do to make this better and really get you guys engaged. So if that's posting more on social media, if that's posting more clips, if that's going even on TikTok, please tell us what we need to do to get these ratings up because we will do it and we want to have a good rest of the half of the season ahead of us so please guys be interactive with us we would love nothing more and i'm atg gridiron on twitter we're going to be on facebook our youtube as always i am marissa voss brock aker we will see you next week i'm gonna talk to stunt monkey i need to keep i'm a very busy woman and i very forgetful but hopefully stunt monkey will be with us next week next week and if you don't know hot 96.7 he does the morning shows really really funny guy um who will just be we're gonna we're gonna make a different episode out of that i think we're gonna make it like funny i think we're gonna be like like i'm this is this is just me in my head right now like tinder things like like would you rather things but different than football but still incorporating some football but like you know what i mean like real life stuff we're gonna have stunt monkey tell us the keys to success with dating and everything else like i think we need that i think we need that so if any of you souls out there looking to see what can I do to pick up a girl, maybe listen to next week. Maybe we'll just get some dating advice out of it. I don't know. But from us here around the gridiron, thank you guys. Please listen in and have a great rest of your weekend. Look forward to Sunday.